Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the big show, the main show, the lead bounty hunter of our criminal organization. This is Four Center, and Four Center is Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, and me, plus an occasional Ewok, Joseph Jennifer. Welcome to the pilot's uh, quarters. Happy to be here. I, <laughs> in our melange of metaphors for today, we are, we are a bounty hunter, like a Voltron bounty hunter that comes together and we're oh, piloting yeah. a ship. <laughs> Come on, yeah. that's a pitch. Uh, yeah, I think 2019 will we'll find some new intros. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to my bounty hunter costume. What will we wear? Oh, yeah. Cape for sure, right? For sure. Need arts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. The pow- cape is the source of power in the Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> uh, I still think I'd go with Dengar. Something with Dengar. <laughs> Wrap your head in everything. <laughs> guys, welcome to Force Center, the big show. Like I said, we've got a bounty hunter themed episode. Well, one particular bounty hunter. We are going to be diving into the cult of Boba Fett a little bit later, plus our news, your questions, and a catch up. But first, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at www.audible.com. Audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, and MP3 player. First, there's an important place to start, Joseph, and it's two words Ewok hunt. Oh, it's so good. I hunted and I was hunted. 
as the uh, that's how it works. It's so beautiful, Jennifer. We get to describe this to you because you, you haven't experienced it yourself yet, have you? No, I have not. Yeah, I finally paid for the PlayStation Plus so I can you know always play multiplayer. Oh. And it was the Ewoks made me pay. The Ewoks took sixty bucks from my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, you're not regretting it, right? Oh, good God, like, no! It's crazy no, how it's good this really, is. Really, really cool. Yeah, I I hope that they do a lot more things like this that are like so specific because yeah. the actual gameplay is fun and fantastic but it's yeah. so cool to be immersed in that specific <laughs> believable moment that most <laughs> of the imperials have fled yeah. and there's just like a couple of you left and like those bears are gonna hunt us yeah. at night oh my yeah. god and we're out of supplies and we're right. alone yeah we, all we have is flashlights that don't work very well <laughs> So, I mean, it really looks like, I mean, it looks like stormtroopers acting out uh, the Blair Witch Project. Like, yeah. it's great. Yeah, no, I mean, we talked about the trailers and stuff, and now we were like, it looks scary that he walked that eye. No, 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 it's legitimately, like, you feel your heart rate kind of go up, and, and you start leaning forward, and you're like, oh, and, and, and you hear Jennifer, this little, like, Good, it's an Ewok stabbing you in the leg. <laughs> yeah, and then you know you have to look down. My my brilliant tactic that I'm sure I was amusing other people online is when yeah. I was a stormtrooper and I heard anything, I would just point down and spin and shoot and spin and shoot. That's great. The old spin and shoot. It only worked once. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> spin and shoot. <laughs> Hashtag oh spin and shoot. Uh, only worked once. Yeah, it well, only worked once. It's hard because yes, you start kind of aiming down. And you don't know, because when you're playing as Stormtroopers, everything's dark. When you're playing as the Ewoks, I think they adjusted a little bit after the first day. Like, you see pretty much you can normal. See quite, right. quite clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you use the hunting little thing, you can see the little red outlines of your enemies. And yeah. Stuff. But the first time, like, you're like, oh, oh, and you're shooting the ground and pine cones. And, <laughs> and then they're launching Wisties at you. Yeah, which, the Wisties are pretty great. Can we talk about the Wisties? Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is a caravan of courage TV movie edition, right? Uh-huh. So your initial reaction is, oh, gosh, it's Wilfred Brimley going to show up. Uh, jokes. <laughs> you make jokes and you make uh, Nathan Hamill teak jokes. You know, we know he's a big fan of teak. Um, no, I'm like, I'm all on board for Wistie's. Oh, they're great. They're great. Yeah, there's this whole sort of a reclamation project of Star Wars of anything you think uh, is dumb can still be used for violence. I like which it. Which then makes it cool. Yeah, because, <laughs> you you, th- you know, the, they do the little Ewok swing like yeah. they do with the rocks, and then the, all these bright little things land near the stormtroopers, and then you hear, ah, 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 <laughs> as they kind of burn the stormtroopers. Yeah. I was murdered by Wistie's. Yes. Oh I, I murdered, I believe, at least two or three stormtroopers by Wistie. Wow. Yeah, death murdered by, by Death by Wistie. Is pretty great, oh. but Jennifer, the best is like so. The way it's structured is you start as a stormtrooper, and then as soon as you get murdered, you become an Ewok. So you get to experience both every yes. every session, That's and great. all the cool things you can do as an Ewok. You can uh, one of your abilities is to use your sense of smell. <laughs> To yes. find where, and then the enemies show up on radar and things like that. Oh but gosh. they make their little Ewok noise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. like the, no. They make that little noise. It's so great. And oh then you can God. blow your horn. Your, your, what do they call it? The valiant horn? The valiant horn. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. But the, yeah, it has the functional purpose of, I can't remember the actual stats, but it, it yeah. you, you take less, less damage. Less hits or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. But I just got to the point of like, anytime that I heard another Ewok do it, I'd do it. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I figured it would scare the hell out of the stormtroopers. Awesome. And so the first time, the first time I launched into the, the mission, right? And yeah. you don't know what to expect. And so you, you're stormtrooper, unless you're selected as my favorite term ever, first Ewok. Yeah. Which is oh, so you the, can get randomly selected you can to get start as an Ewok? As okay. Ewok one. Prime, oh prime Ewok. Prime Ewok. And you come up and you're most likely a stormtrooper and all you see is the little circle of light 
from your flashlight on your gun. Yeah. So I'm freaked out. And in the distance, you just hear, <laughs> and you're trying to find your 16 or 15 other teammates. Yeah. And you have, and there's a strategy I recommend, which is finding the caves. Yeah. I think the cave is a trap. I think it might be. Yeah. I think the cave is death for sure. One way or another. I saw, yeah. I experienced it both ways. Really? Yeah, yeah, where it was just an Ewok killing ground as well, where the Ewoks... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was fascinating to play a couple games games in, or a couple days in, and see people had already figured out yes. all of the various strategies. And then the shuttle, the Lambda-class shuttle comes, yeah. right? And I, one of my missions, I was one of the last three stormtroopers, and you have to run to the shuttle, Jennifer. You have to get there. And but the Ewoks know. The Ewoks know. And they're waiting for you. Oh, yeah. no. I was running up the ramp when I was stabbed in the back by an Ewok <laughs> and died and did not survive. <laughs> So, oh my goodness! Cannot recommend oh. this enough it's if you're so out there. Like this yeah. is uh, a victory for Battlefront Two, a much maligned game at times. I think sometimes unfairly, but that's just my opinion. I'm not a big pro gamer, but this this Joseph was a big win. Yeah, I want more things like this. I want like just off the top of my head, I want like you're on Jabba's sail barge and you're trying to survive Luke Skywalker. You know, oh, God. things yeah. like that that put you in this specific moment of story, so you get not actual <laughs> fun of gameplay, but also that narrative boost that makes you even more invested. Right. Could you envision a level where uh, you're R two D two trying to deliver drinks yeah. on the oh. sail barge? <laughs> Absolutely. I'd play it i love this <laughs> yeah oh my god so jennifer i will warn you though um for you and your affinity for ewoks there are some graphic ewok deaths oh no yeah they i mean show it you see them fall if, if your buddy gets shot in front of you or you're the one shooting with spin and shoot strategies for like scrimshaw <laughs> that's right true here, yeah you will see them fall and kind of oh this so, <laughs> it's very it's, i'm so confused and conflicted because it's like i love them so that would I would find that to be so disturbing. But then at the same time, they're trying to hunt me. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> what do I do? It's How am fight I or flight. Feel? Yeah. It's yeah. fight or flight. It oh. gets to basic instincts. And wow. I think we just stumbled onto our new t-shirt design, Death by Wisties. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, no. I think we've got something going on there. Well, Ewok Hunt is out and about. It is a limited time event, so maybe we can play it so much that uh, the folks at EA say we're going to keep this around. Absolutely. So. Big one there. But we got some news to talk about, Jennifer. And yes, you're going to lead us down that path. Mm-hmm. So first up, <laughs> Rumor Patrol. <laughs> uh, could Mara Jade be making an appearance in Episode 9? According to a new casting breakdown, this could be the case. <laughs> that hashtag show is reporting that Episode 9's casting director, Nina Gold, is uh, what she, she's searching, I couldn't read my notes, searching for a female lead, 40 to 50 years old, to play the role of, quote, Mara. Now, as we know, Star Wars uses code names and the you know for characters, obviously for movie titles. So while fans of the EU may be delighted by this prospect, I would like to take this uh, rumor with a grain of salt because that hashtag show did not say where they saw this casting breakdown, nor did they say what their source was on it. In fact, I even looked. At the, <laughs> I looked at the casting breakdowns just to see. I did not see. I saw Steven Spielberg is mm. casting his movie, um, but I did not see this casting breakdown. Mm. How would you guys feel if Mara Jade, some new newer version of her, appeared in episode nine? 
Yeah, I'd be fine with it because I trust the creative team. Mm. Like my knee-jerk reaction is like, no, don't, blah, blah, blah. But then I realize, like, well, if they have an idea for her, they have an idea for her. J.J. Abrams uh, does not strike me as somebody who's like, you know what? Everybody really likes those Thrawn books from 91. I'm going to base <laughs> the conclusion of this film on that. I mean, and, and I, don't, I don't mean that in any disrespect to people who want to see Mara Jade or want to see creators mm-hmm. uh, add more from the EU. I think that's great. But I just think if he's going to use her, he would use her well. Yes. Yeah, I you you're you're speaking my language there as as you often do. Obviously, that's why we're we're, we're talking Star Wars together. You, I'm, I, I went no, what no? Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, why not? Why yeah. wouldn't like <laughs> that be interesting? Because we clearly don't know a lot about Luke on this journey, right? There's his time. Hamill himself had this weird story in his brain where he was married and had a kid that died or something. Maybe there, we that could still work. Yeah. You know, maybe that's part of what was going on in his brain. And I like that we have some room to play with, which, again, maybe might speak to not needing everything super connected to the movies. Yeah. Locking us down to stuff. Maybe we want to develop these stories. So uh, in terms of just the idea, Jennifer, like, yes, I'm okay with it. But uh, the source of some of this stuff, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's far more likely that it is a code name. Yeah. The one thing that does strike me is I think that it is the sense of humor of Lucasfilm right now to maybe they are using <laughs> Ray's mom. Yeah, yeah. Maybe right. maybe uh, she appeared to be dead or maybe it was, you know, uh, uh, her father who died in the pauper's grave. And that's what Kylo saw. And maybe Ray's mom is coming back. But people, as a joke, they're like, everybody thinks that Mara Jade might be her mom, so let's just call her Mara in the casting. I think that's a slim possibility. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty bold. I think by Lucasfilm, they know that people are going to, you know, glob onto this and go, Mara Jade. So the fact that they are using this as a code name is pretty freaking awesome. And Jennifer, you are a professional actor where I am not. Um, You've taken a dive into these casting things before, like... Uh, you know, you can dig and find find these things. So the fact that you've looked and it's not really out there, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not not saying that it wouldn't be. I just right. you understand that more than I do. Well, I I do wonder. I mean, big movies, you know, their casting uh, notices get posted all the time. But uh, but maybe this is a more like going out to like names only. Well, if then mm. if that's the case, then how is that hashtag show getting that information? Like, are they getting yeah. it from like a casting assistant? Uh, again, they did not say any of that, which I do find a little... So you think not, it's not just the Mara thing that we should take with a grain of salt, but like whether that that's true at all, whether yeah. or not they have put out a casting call for quote yes. unquote Mara. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Where, where is their source? Cause they didn't even name who the person was that, that revealed this information. Right. So that to mm. me was a little suspect. So you think this is a moment like in the last Jedi where we should run our finger across <laughs> this news, taste it and go salt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I okay. Yeah. I think the most interesting actual news from this, is if they are casting a 40 to 50 year old woman, what does that tell us about the story about, you know, is that a third party or are they reintroducing a mentor type character? Do they feel like the story needs for our main heroes to not be entirely alone, mm-hmm. but that they want an, a new mentor character? Right. Uh, and all those things sounds, uh, sounds like good ideas. You yeah. know what I mean? Or she's a very evil person. I don't, yep. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And she's the mother of Kira. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, so, oh, this, this is great. Lawrence Kasdan and his son, John Kasdan, stopped by the Star Wars show last week to talk about how they crafted the story for Solo. Lawrence Kasdan said that when he agreed to take on the project, he told Lucasfilm he couldn't do it without his son because his son had so many great ideas. Plus, they've always wanted to work together. 
together. So as far as the story goes, uh, John said that they both knew that they didn't want to fill in the backstory or tell an origin story of that legendary smuggler. They had Han Solo, and they were going to make a crime movie around him. It was as simple as that. Um, They also said that Han's arc in the original trilogy shows that he's a cynical guy, so they wanted their movie to show how he became that way. It's a really great interview between this father and son writing team. Um, I I guess when I was listening to the interview, I was like, oh, this movie is going to be amazing. It's Mm going to be awesome. Just the way that they were approaching the story, and Lawrence Kasdan talked about how he's been living with the character of Han Solo for so many years. Yeah. Like, I I have no doubt this is going to be a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this one of the reasons that I felt positive about it for a long time, Mm -hmm. but I think it's natural for us to not focus on this because we so do not give writers their full credit. Like, Mm -hmm. I understand that's the industry of Hollywood where the directors are the auteurs, but that doesn't mean that, in my opinion, that we as fans cannot remember that these movies are still crafted by writers and some of the things Mm -hmm. that we give directors credit for came out of the writers' brains. And this one in particular, since I think Ron Howard came in at the end and was like, Oh, you want me to make the script? Oh, take the script and put it on the screen? Got it. I can do that. (laughs) Which makes it even more of an example of a writer's movie. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, here, here. I mean, Lawrence Kasdan knows knows what he's doing, right? You know? I know he's an older gentleman, but he he knows what he's doing. And then you can get cast aside... Too much as oh you're from the eighties no no he knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah. and then I John come along and and kind of representing a, a younger generation of fans who grew up with it yeah. a little bit different mm-hmm. I love the interview we always kind of do our bad George Lucas and our bad Lawrence Kasdan's impersonations <laughs> yeah. on this show <laughs> to see that John Kasdan sounds just like his father <laughs> and yet yes. at one point seemed to be doing an impression Russian. of his own father <laughs> who he calls Larry, Larry. He calls Larry. Larry. <laughs> I know I was like wait they are well, father and son right? I that Larry, if you can what? rewind a YouTube video, I went back and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, well, what Larry and I wanted to do, and what, what, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, yeah. it was great. And you know, and I'll say it now, like, I, I, I'm excited, Jennifer, I think you're excited, but we, we should definitely give credit to, to Joseph Scrimshaw who planted that flag in yes. the excitement, yeah. pile you a did. long time ago. So it's true, it's true. And I, I will live or die by that flag. The movie comes out and everybody hates it, <laughs> I will cling to my flag <laughs> like it's flag. a special Ewok hunt level of Battlefront 2. Oh, yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, no, you did. And you always have talked about, I'm going to call him Larry, too. Larry Kasdan. <laughs> My not dad, Larry. Yeah. We're going to make Han feel good. Yeah. It also uh, made me think about Lord Miller and how they took that script and were like, let's do some improv, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy make em ups for Han. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can see how that would not go over so well. Right. Uh, so StarWarsNews.net is shedding some light on the curious case of Enfys Nest. Fans were excited to learn that Emphis Nest, well, maybe not learn, but was to speculate that Emphis Nest was female when a French trading card described the character using pronouns for a female character. Well, in a new episode of Star Wars Insider Magazine, which is published by Lucasfilm, Emphis Nest is explicitly referred to by a male pronoun. So maybe there's been a marketing mix-up. StarWarsNews.net made a great point that perhaps in-story, characters think Enfys Nest is a male, but then is revealed to be a female character, similar to Leia in disguise as Bausch. Mm-hmm. Boosh. Or what's the classic game as Metroid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Samus. Exactly. Yeah. Bush, Bausch, Boosh, or Samus. <laughs> what do you guys think is the most logical explanation for this kind of confusion? I think just a, a random copywriter in France <laughs> might have made a mistake is oh. always a total possibility to me mm-hmm. that it's not a, a shell game. It's 
<laughs> just, yeah. I'm picturing in my mind, I'm sorry, just a cartoon French person. Just, <laughs> right, yes. Type my notes. Nope, it's, you got the wrong pronoun, dude. Yeah. Or, or not dude. Or not who dude. Knows? Or who knows? Or who knows? I think the bet is that. I think it's, because um, remember, we thought BB-8 was a female programmed droid for yeah. a while. And I don't know where that came, you know, it just kind of emerged. I thought Kathleen Kennedy said, but that's what happens in this news, 24 second news cycle. Things happen. I think a mistake. Hey, maybe it's both. Maybe it is a character we think one thing is another. Maybe it's a character that has uh, both genders in it, and, and right. we'll find something like that. There, there. Mm-hmm. Claudia Gray had that uh, some species that kind of like changed uh, genders over seasons or something like that. If I'm trying to remember the yeah, details, of yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's references to planets that have 17 genders and things right, like that. Yeah, right. so there are efforts to make uh, wow. Star Wars not uh, strictly binary. Right, and oh, so maybe cool. it could be something related to that, or maybe it's a copywriter going, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe in the movie they never use pronouns, and it's just there's Enfys Nest. Yes, <laughs> right. Well, John Caston just did not use a pronoun when he was talking about. He, yeah, Nest. you're right. He oh. very yes. I yes, watched yes. that. I was like, oh, no, he did not. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. But where do you guys know where this started from? Was it really that French trading card? Because I I, I remember being excited by this news. I didn't. Di- I heard people talking about Enfys Nest being a woman, and I didn't dig for it because I didn't want to see any collateral spoilers. That's yeah, or right. or TMI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I still know the the actor playing this character like yeah. it's still kind of under wraps and that's yes. what's uh, adding to people like you had the theory that maybe it's a known character maybe it's Kira right and maybe that is maybe that's why there's being mysterious mm-hmm. maybe it is a global scheme where they said alright <laughs> you French person <laughs> you use this pronoun yeah. <laughs> oh well the case will continue we'll find out soon enough another character we're actually learning more about is Dryden Voss so over the past couple of weeks we've been learning more about this character Paul Bettany's uh, character in Solo a Star Wars story. Thanks to the official Star Wars data bank, we now know Dryden is part of an emerging criminal organization called Crimson Dawn. He also likes to surround himself with luxury. And thanks to some research by StarWarsNews.net, we also know that Dryden likes ships, uh, just like Jabba. And since he loves luxury, he also owns a yacht. Joseph, you've been reading Last Shot. What have you learned anything more about Crimson Dawn? Because it talked about how they like bid on an auction. Yeah, are they collectors? Like uh, it's just mentioned in passing, mm. almost just to like drop it in, oh. like just that the existence of this. Uh, I'm about halfway through the book. I know plenty of people listening have finished it. Uh, the impression I got from the article mm-hmm. that, that you're talking about is that there's nothing more in the book, but we'll see. And like mm-hmm. I said, I know a ton of people are, are listening and going, we know but, but what happens. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't yet. I'm going to finish the book. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a passing thing. I see. I see. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. I'm just, I just want to know more about this character and we know that he has those those collectibles behind him in the trailer, the Mando armor, mm-hmm. who knows what else. I still see this as a, as a minor character. And I think no, there's no, been no advertising to tell you it's different. You right. know, I just, and I know what Michael K. Williams was going to be yeah. his character, a uh, more uh, performance capture, more of a lion, like, yeah, you know, like an alien. Yeah. Lion. Um, which would have been interesting, but I would have rather just had Michael K. Williams be Michael K. Williams. But uh, I, I, I'm interested in this character. I still think it's not that it's a red herring, but like, I still think it's just a he. He himself is a bit of a MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. yeah, he's probably just the character to get things rolling and moving. Mm. I do think that uh, my favorite Vat Weirdo might be on his yacht. It yes. seems like the environment that he likes fancy things. 
Uh, and that's, that is, to me, the most exciting thing, uh, you know, especially as I'm reading Last Shot and getting more of Han's character uh, from that perspective about how Han's just kind of like, ah, whatever, and dirty things up to be around all these posh people. You know, I wonder mm. if that'll be just a part of his development of Han just sort of like, I don't care about that fancy stuff. I want a good blaster and a ship that flies fast. Right. Right. And I'm right. going to take that ship and make it really dirty. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do it. I think you're right, though. I think it is more of a minor character. That's the way that it was always presented to us with mm-hmm. when Michael K. Williams was uh, cast in that. And yeah. they and they had to reshoot all of his scenes, which was not very much, apparently. So, yeah. There it is, I guys. St- I still think we're missing that big villain, which is I know. Fun, which is yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. 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 Jabba, pulling the strings. <laughs> Jabba. Uh, <yes>. Jabba. <laughs> well, that is the news, Jennifer. Thank you for always pulling the news and leading us through it. And uh, we, we really appreciate uh, getting to talk the, the news with you guys, the Star Wars fans. So if you have any thoughts on these stories, reach out to us at hashtag Force Center. And as always, it's time to recommend a book for you, the listeners of the Force Center podcast. Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And we are recommending, Joseph, Last Shot, because it's the newest book, and it's very, very exciting. Uh, Like I said, I'm about halfway through it right now. I think it is some of the best uh, Han and Lando writing on the page I've ever seen. It's really uh, exciting. Uh, So go check that out, and we will be doing a review next week for the main show. Absolutely. I am uh, taking notes and digging in. It is a great book. So join the party, take a listen, and to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Now let's join a cult or figure <laughs> out why you didn't join the cult. Or maybe, like Jennifer and I, we're in it, and then we escaped. I don't know what's going on. We're going to figure it out. It's the cult of Boba Fett. And Joseph, this all began with the shadowy image of a ship we all know. That's right. Some fans think they spotted Slave One in a trailer for Solo, a Star Wars story. And that, of course, has got us discussing because vague shapes will get us discussing in the Star Wars world. And we love it. That's why we're here to discuss what vague shapes could mean. Now, I've seen uh, people online saying, yeah, that is a Slave One. I've seen other people say, eh, it kind of resembles this, these other Imperial ships we've seen. Right. Uh, I watched our friend Alex at Star Wars Explained. He had a Q&A about what's going on with that. And, and uh, Star Wars Explained, who I go to a lot because I think he really knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. Alex's opinion is, I think it's a rock. <laughs> I think I think everybody's talking about some space garbage. That's a, that's a potato, actually. That's a, that's a potato from someone at ILM's lunch. Yes. Yeah. So we are well aware that we are not saying Slave One is in the. We're, we're this is a jumping yeah. off point. We're jumping off that space potato that might be Slave One to talk about our reactions because. It got people talking about uh, the possibility of Slave One, but more importantly, the possibility of Boba Fett. Uh, we here at Four Center, we had an email chain going, planning our next recording, and Ken put in uh, just as a as a bottom note, just as a kind of PS for fun. Uh, some people spotted Slave One. Uh, I'm gonna need to talk about that. Ugh. <laughs> and Jennifer responded also, "Yeah, ugh." And I was all alone, going, "What? But that'd be cool. I'd be okay with." <laughs> so we thought this would be a great discussion to have. It's not quite Star Wars counseling. It's just discussion. Yeah. So you, you, both of you, your reaction to, to, to Boba Fett being in the movie Solo, a Star Wars story, was ugh. Why? Jennifer, I want to start with you. Why was <laughs> ugh your initial reaction? I don't need to see him. <laughs> I, I don't need to see him in this film. I, you know... 
first of all, when I, I don't know how somebody saw Slave One in in that trailer. Mm-hmm. It like Alex is saying, it looked like a rock or a, I don't know dust. Who knows? I would have never put that together with Slave One. And then I just was like, we don't need we don't need to have, hey, here's Boba Fett. Like it just feels <laughs> like if if we get to that point where we're trotting out these characters that mm-hmm. you know people like, it just really feels like kind of silly fan service, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, yes, would it make sense? But this is a vast galaxy. Yeah, you know, Los Angeles is small, but like it's not like I'm always running into the well, that's not true. I actually <laughs> wait, wait a minute. That ruins my theory. <laughs> Did you run into somebody? You ran into Boba Fett? <laughs> you ran into Jeremy Bullock on the streets of Los Angeles? <laughs> no. Yeah, wait a minute. Uh but no, so yeah, I, I just think that it just gets to be a little bit too small of a world if these characters are always bumping into the same characters okay. over and over again. Uh all right. Well uh, I have some follow up questions, but I want to get Ken's take on your your UG to Boba Fett. Yeah, reaction. jumping off of that. That it is there's a fine line between fan service and and what would fit into the story, and I think we all are in agreement of that. We look at Gold Leader, Red Leader, Rogue One, right? And, and Boba Fett and Han, being in a Han Solo movie is not a stretch, right? Yeah, I right. mean, that would make some sort of sense. I think just my reaction a little bit might have been colored by my own emotions. I just don't want to see Boba Fett in this movie. Boba Fett has become a character that I didn't. I don't dislike this character. I want to be clear with yeah. that. He also, I think, is one of the coolest characters by design and, and is a standard for a lot of characters. Like yeah. uh, Phasma, uh, mm. Darth Maul, we all, there's Infant's Nest, kind of very cool design where each movie has something you go, oh, that is a cool, Boba Fett is like top of that list. I still stick to that. But I just don't think he brings, potentially, I, I don't think he brings much to this type of story. Okay. So to see him there in the universe, my initial reaction is like, just I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be Boba Fett, some big reveal. You know, and if it is, maybe it's just a cameo. I don't know. And also, I think I'm having a little bit of reaction to our, our speculate responsibly type of thing, yeah. which is, which mm-hmm. believe me, seeing it and going, "Ooh, is it Slave One?" is fun. Yeah. That's part of why we're buying the tickets to see these movies and be in the fandom. I just say I'm co- colored by my own hate. <laughs> the hate is I'm just like I don't know. I could I want Jabba. Boba Fett's maybe one step too many. Okay, yes. you feel like Boba Fett is crashing the party. Like he's That's not a, supposed to be in this particular party. Excellent way to put it. Okay. Yep. Now Jennifer, mm-hmm. for your reaction, your reaction all made logical sense. But it was said with a little bit more anger. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like some of this is not is it, you made a logical argument about don't overstuff us with fan service characters. Mm-hmm. But you seem like you maybe have an extra axe to grind with this character with Boba Fett. Yeah, and I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like when I was a kid, and we can maybe dive into this, mm. right? When I was a kid, I really liked Boba Fett. I thought he was a cool character, very mysterious. And then the more that we got to know him, it's like, oh, I, I mean, he's, I don't know. I, I just felt like he would have been better off just kind of being this mysterious character that we don't know anything about. Yeah. I liked it like that. I don't mind having characters that we, like with Snoke, I don't mind that we don't know his backstory. It's okay. So... Mm-hmm. I, that's where I think it's coming. It's coming from. <laughs> yeah, like the Clone Wars arc is is good. It added something to Boba Fett, but I felt like, oh, okay, that's 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 all I need right now. Yeah, that's why again a Boba Fett movie, wh- whether that was really you know, happen with Trank and all yeah. that stuff, I would have been on board, like you said with the Mara Jade stuff, Joseph. Like uh, if they had an idea, let's trust them. I would have trusted it. Yeah, but I just it didn't excite me, and that's 
what a lot of people feel about Solo or other things, too. So that that's fair, I think, for all of us to have these kind of differing opinions, obviously. But, yeah, I don't I don't know what happened somewhere about 1997. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, well, we'll dive more into that, into the, uh, the lost mystery of Boba Fett in mm-hmm. just a second. But I, I wanted to take a second to say, because I know when we've talked about Boba Fett yeah. before, sometimes you've gotten tweets of people saying, like, but I still like Boba Fett. You are not alone. I like Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. I think he makes sense in a Han Solo movie. I don't want him shoved in, but to me, he is part of the myth of Han Solo. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of that is, mm-hmm. you know, technically wiped away with EU. But I'm just talking about being the age that I am, growing up on the playground. A Han Solo movie with Boba Fett, that's the most logical thing in the world. That's mm-hmm. like getting fries with a burger. It's not, <laughs> it's not shoved in. Now, it might be shoved into this movie mm. if he does appear just as a, like a... a cameo with a, a little bit too much of a wink to the camera i understand that but for me he's just like han, han solo his nemesis is boba fett mm-hmm. and i've never really let uh, go of that impression that i had from the playground and the trading cards before the yeah. eu was even a thing uh so i'm still all pro boba fett i'd be happy to see him uh, show up in this movie responsibly but with that said let's talk more about how things have changed since mm-hmm. the days of playgrounds uh, yeah. rumors and trading cards uh, we have lost the mystery of Boba Fett, mm. and obviously that comes with the prequels. I am also aware that increasingly it's younger generations, and they maybe first met Boba Fett uh, yelling at his dad to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> in an asteroid field. And they're like, oh, cool. And later he put on that helmet. Awesome. Whatever. Right. Uh, so definitely there, there's some bias depending on which uh, perspective you start with. But uh, do you th- for you, is it just the prequels? story of young Boba Fett that took the mystery away or is it that we've we've told so many stories of cool looking bounty hunters in Star Wars and other media that he's just another cool looking guy with nothing no meat on his bones hmm. that's that, a great that, question that, yeah and and uh, now I want burger and fries now <laughs> also too. Um, yeah I am with you the playground analogy works Great, because hearing Han yell, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, carried, carried weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still carries weight. There's history to what he's saying there. I think just over the years, the prequels don't didn't hurt it, obviously. I, I think one of my favorite shots is him grabbing the helmet of Jango Yeah. Fett. I think that there's some stuff there. Um, Daniel Logan does does a good job with it, does a good job voicing him. I, I think, yeah, too much kind of re- was revealed from the beginning and it's just I got enough of it, and then enough of it wasn't focused on Han. Yeah, and not that I want a Han in the prequels, even though it was almost in Sith. You know what I mean? So it is part of the legend of Han, but I feel it's moved away from it so much that I maybe I just feel a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Okay, and maybe something like this could do that, connect right. it back up. But, but I feel like they don't aren't as close together as maybe we thought or I felt growing up. Right. The Clone Wars did... That's a really good point that the Clone Wars in particular uh, redirected his story to he wants to kill as many Jedi as possible. Yeah. that Away from the old, like, oh, he's got the Wookiee braids and he's Han's old nemesis and made him more of an antagonist to, to Jedi. How about you, Jennifer? How do you? How did you lose the mystery of Boba <laughs> Fett from your life? I don't, you know, it's interesting because my my husband recently was talking about how much he loves Boba Fett and <laughs> how much he's loved Boba Fett since he was a kid. It's like his 
favorite character. Okay. But he has not, I think he's only watched the prequels like a handful of times. He's, mm. I don't think he's ever watched any of the, well, maybe a little bit of the Clone Wars animated series. So he doesn't have that backstory. So to him, he's just this cool looking bounty hunter that, you know, he used to play pretend on the playground. He used to uh, play, mm. he was this bounty hunter as a kid. <laughs> which, uh, I need more coffee. Um, so, and the then real my, reveal here is Jennifer's <laughs> husband is a bounty hunter in real life now. <laughs> uh, when we yeah. talk about the playground, we, we mean being children, but <laughs> yeah. your husband was extorting money. <laughs> I should not have revealed that. Yeah. And then I was just, yes, yesterday I was talking with my friend who's a big Star Wars fan, and he's like, oh, Boba Fett needs to be in that Han Solo movie. I, he better be in that. And I'm like, what am I missing? I don't know, but I do think, and, and I know that you guys are huge prequelists. I'm still working out my feelings. And for mm. me, the backstory, it, again, it just, I don't want to say it tainted like the enigma and the coolness of Boba Fett, but it, it kind of did for me. Okay. I feel like now I know so much more about him. And like you're saying, Ken, like, I don't know why that that kind of dynamic like uh, rivalry between Boba and Han, I feel like it's kind of been diluted a little bit mm. or something like that. Or not diluted. Well, no, I, I think it has been. And uh, what could also, and, and just discussing here, Joseph, the time frame of Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. 10 years or so shows me that maybe something develops later. And if they were to do another series of movies, uh, uh, Lando led or whatever you want to do, but it, and it develops and the rivalry develops there. Mm. Yeah. I think maybe there's something about the time frame of this movie where I'm like, it just seems yes. like he's... He's off. Boba's off doing other things. Okay, yeah, so you want like the sequel to be like Han v Boba, Dawn of Bounty, <laughs> <laughs> X versus Sever, Fett versus Solo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I can see your point that yeah. maybe that would be better saved. I, I do think that that it seems like this story is not there isn't a lot of room for Boba Fett. But so if it was in Solo, a Star Wars story or another movie, how do you think we could get the the mystery or the excitement of Boba Fett back? Would it be mm. finishing his Clone Wars story and getting to see him go from this uh, angry teenager to this super cool mm. uh, bounty hunting machine? Or is it more just we catch up with him and he's established as the best and he's going up against Han, he's going up against Lando? Wow, that's a great question. I'd like to pick uh, the, 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 the ladder there, right? Uh, the... Um my whole life I've messed it up, former ladder. I always mess <laughs> it up. It's a terrible bit of English it, there. It, yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, the last choice. Uh, yes, <laughs> I don't need, just jump on in with him the best, and then maybe yeah. we'll figure it out later. Be, because again, we get, you, this wonderful playground analogy, right? We grow up with this, Boba Fett's wearing armor of these guys called Mandalorians. He's one, we thought, mm-hmm. and it's it's part of the Clone War. Remember, like, it was like, oh, that was like, what the warriors of the Clone Wars were. Yeah. Like, obviously, some playground legends gossip. Yeah. But that was great. And then when you learn, like, well, it was that. And I have no problem with Django, by the way. I love Django. I love that sequence. love those sonic charges. Um, seismic charges. Excuse me. Um, um, but the fact that uh, they maybe took that stuff from the Mandalorians. They're not quite Mandalorians. I'm okay with it, but it yeah. just kind of disperses it. So I don't need explanations. Have him show up, and he's the best. Okay. I tell you what, okay, I'm counseling myself here because what I could see is exactly that. Have him show up, have him be the best in the sequel or the, the whatever it is, the next the next mm. Han Solo film. Even, I'm going to say this, give him an, a Netflix series. All right. Really uh. show him off being the coolest bounty hunter. I want to see that 
cape. I want to see him using the jetpack, mm-hmm. some cool music. That's the Boba Fett that I wanted to see as a kid. That's what I want to see now. That would get me excited. Yeah, you want the the Vader death hallway of Rogue One for Boba Fett. Exactly. Knee darts flying, burning people. Every I think we got a little bit of that with Django with some of the things we'd always heard about as kids. Right. We got right. a little bit of that, yeah. but but something really done, incredibly cool to just make you scream. Like rock star. The Star Wars. TV streaming version of like Baby Driver where there's just music, little dialogue. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's boy, it. Boba Fett going through the galaxy. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Another Netflix analogy, that Daredevil uh, hallway fight scene, uh, in, you know, like yeah. unbroken shot that's yeah. in that second episode that, that blew everybody's mind. A scene like that that's just amazing action for this day and age Yep, with Boba Fett would bring some of the, the mystery back mm. to get back to he is the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. I would, uh, I will argue for, I think that's great, but I do think that there, I would like to see the Clone Wars story completed, partially because it did, mm-hmm. did just get cut off. Yeah. I think that they were really going somewhere with that whole arc of exactly how he becomes Boba Fett. And for me, I kind of cope with the loss of the mystery with the new story potential that's been opened up. Uh, in particular, like, what is their relationship with the Mandalorians now that we know so much about them? Right. Uh, I believe Pablo Hidalgo has just said straight up on Twitter very clearly they're not Mandalorians. Right. So that seems kind of firm in the story group's current version of canon that Django stole that. So does Boba, so I'm going to be like my dad. I'm going to take some more armor. Right. Or is it Django's <laughs> reclaimed armor? The helmet blew up at one point in the Clone Wars animated yeah. series, I believe. Anyway, the, I'm rambling about Boba no, Fett yeah. facts. Yeah. The point is I think it opens up interesting stories about how this kid goes from being angry to super quiet and deadly. Mm. How does he feel about being a clone? What's his relationship with some of the other clones that are still Mm. alive and his connection to the clone wars? Uh, And what happens to Aura Singh? She's a great mother in Star Wars. We talk about mothers not yeah. having many stories of mothers in Star Wars. Mm. Aura Singh's not a great mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess from a certain point of view she is, because right. she's like, hey, here's how you live life. Right. Yeah. You murder anyone that's in your way and you don't have any attachments, go go kill, Boba. Yeah. So I feel like if it's told right in the right format, finishing that story might actually reintroduce us to... We'd always have the loss of, like, he's not a man of mystery, right? but he could be a more complex, interesting character. So when you see him in a cameo... He has that weight of, mm-hmm. does he go around and kill the rest of the clones? Does he finish off the clones? Because he wants to truly be the only the one. Only like one. F- Weird, interesting stuff like that, you know? I, yeah, you're pitching some great stuff there. So, uh, Lucasfilm, uh, if you have <laughs> someone, a uh, table spot open at the store group. No, yeah, I seriously, that, yeah. that makes complete sense. And the arc, and we talked, the arc, I love the character of Aura Singh, and in just this, again, a mysterious kind of way, but I love the use of that character when they brought her back. They didn't just bring her back. And toss her in the Clone Wars and be like, yeah, people like that character when she showed up, right? Yeah. Uh, so it made sense. Um, yeah, so there's something to explore there from that view of Boba Fett. And that what you said, there's the best thing uh, I took out of that for me, uh, struggling with Boba Fett, is how does he go from the sullen teenager to the stoic killer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that transition and why an empire? And again, speaking of George and Lawrence and uh, Lee Brackett wrote the script a long time ago, but why in the story? <laughs> Does Boba Fett, is he not upset about Jedi or upset, you know, like he's doing his job. So what's happened? There's yeah. a transition period to his story that I'm intrigued by that. Uh, I'm intrigued by that. Indeed. Streaming service might be yeah. a place to explore that. Yeah, I think streaming service might be the best answer for Boba Fett. Uh, speaking of the Jedi hatred, um, 
do you feel like his scene works better in Return of the Jedi that it is, it's retconning, but mm-hmm. I like the idea that he is not paying a lot of attention to Han because he is so focused on, oh, a Jedi, I'm going to kill him. Mm. Yeah, that, that that's mm-hmm. a that's a great headcanon retcon for me. Yeah, yeah. That, that 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 adds yeah something to what we saw in Clone Wars. Okay, yeah, yeah. you feel the same way, Jennifer? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Now it's, it's still ahead. I don't know if it you know the easy death and, and the burp from the sarlacc. That's a different, <laughs> right. that's that a different thing. Burp yeah. is still yes yeah. Yeah. A, a, a loss of dignity <laughs> for <a> Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, speaking of which, do you want to see his? We've been talking mostly about his pre-original trilogy story. Mm-hmm. Do you want to see his post-return of the Jedi story, or do you just want him? That armor came out in aftermath. I'm not sure, right? If, canonically, if he did or not. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit ambiguous. Mm. Do you want Boba Fett alive and well? As someone who just didn't take that dive into the uh, EU, uh, I never was pulled in by the Boba Fett story. I heard some stuff. Oh, you didn't hear Boba? He crawled out. Like, right. No, he died. Like that was me. <laughs> that, that's me about 1996. Nah, Boba Fett's dead. But the aftermath thing with the the armor and and Cobb Vanth and all that stuff. Yeah. Very intriguing. Where I was like, "Ooh, is this? Is it? Is it Boba Fett? Is it Boba? That can't be Boba Fett." <laughs> but I loved the reference to it. So I think, in spite of myself, I'd be interested. <laughs> okay, how do you feel about his post Return of the Jedi story? Yeah, I do remember with the EU, and I was like, "Whoa, that just is really." It looked to me, how how would you escape that? Like he just is, mm-hmm. he's got to be dead. But in aftermath, you're talking about what was exactly this moment that you guys are referring to? Because I have not read aftermath. It's, yeah. it's in the interludes. Yeah. There's told through all three books, these little interludes. The the, the post Jabba tattooing world kind of new crime arose. These like mining oil company, yeah. big business almost taking advantage of stuff. There's a, a citizen that rises up, and you first meet him where he is uh, kind of fighting and bidden, not bidden, but like he and another scavenger come across the remains of the Sarlacc pit. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because oh. a lot of that exploded in disgust. Yes, yes. Malakili, the Rancor yes. Keeper's story, has a little more detail over the fact that the explosion of the sail barge also affected the Sarlacc. So okay. maybe he pops out there. But his armor was found. It's mm. it's his armor. It's his armor. It's absolutely, his armor. absolutely. Yeah. Huh. And you don't know, was he... Dead, uh, yeah. dead, you know, right. and then Cobb kind of decides to become like this old west sheriff, basically <laughs> yeah. using his armor to be yeah. like go around and, and rescue people. And he yeah. rescues Malakili, he does, right? rescue yeah, him, he yes. rescues Malakili, mm-hmm. and they get together to raise a creature. Oh, that's yes, great. A little, it's a little baby rancor. A little baby rancor. Oh, I love this. Yeah. 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 There's a lot going on. There's yeah. a lot going on. Just in those interludes. I like that mystery, though. That's yeah. fun. I think that that's fun. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I read the the Bounty Hunter trilogy in the EU. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it, you know, it starts great with Boba Fett uh, escaping, and it's been a long time since I read it, but I remember it just being... Uh, Boba Fett was so incredibly accomplished. He was like Sherlock Holmes. It was that kind of mm. thing. Like, I've planted some explosives in this exact quadrant because <laughs> I have foreseen that 15 years from now, Bosk might give me trouble. And I'll have, like, he was just sort of like, you are the smartest, bestest, everything. And that was, for me, back in the day, a little bit too much of like, 
Yeah. Let let him be a badass, but not, you know, he does not have to be the supreme being of the galaxy for me. <laughs> um, Sherlock Fett. Sherlock Fett, yeah. So how would you feel about, let's say Boba Fett is appearing. Okay. How, how do you want it to be? Would you want it to be a cameo? Would you want it to be like, oh, can you keep saying, who's the villain? What what if it's Boba Fett? Would you want it to be Boba Fett still running with Aura Singh and a whole crew? If we were going to see Solo uh, uh, Fett in Solo, how would you want to see him? Mm. So this is... This is, what are we saying, eight, nine years after Sith, right? Roughly, because yeah. 10 years before New Hope. Yeah. Right. Roughly, again, roughly, roughly, roughly. I would want it to be more of him and a crew, or a sing and, and, and something like that. And okay. cameo-wise, for, I, if he's revealed to be the big villain, again, if they had a plan, they had a plan. I, I, that's a good phrase. That's a bumper sticker yeah. we need to have, too. <laughs> but uh, I still don't. I still think I'd rather just want an, a, a little homage to him, and maybe he shows up again later. Maybe he's tracking him, you know what I mean? A little oh, Empire-like, yeah. over-the-shoulder shot. Mm. I could be happy with that. Okay. I mean, let's be honest. I'll be happy with anything because it's Star Wars, but... Yeah. Yeah. I like it as a cameo. Yeah. Even one where it's you know, the moment where you'd have to, like, slow motion it and say, is that really him? We just, Or maybe we just see, a, like, billowing of his cape or his shadowy figure oh, somewhere. You know? Oh, yeah. That would be cool. And set him up in that in that world. The, and then for the next film, then he comes out. Yeah. And he has this big moment. Yeah. In full arc. Interesting. I love that we're all we're all assuming there's another Han Lando movie coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, know. it'll be interesting. I yeah. think if it does well, I think there might. If if it's not just Han two, I think there's a much bigger chance that it's Lando movie. But maybe they mm-hmm. stay playing in this exact pocket if it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I would like to see a cameo because from what we've seen so far, we, we don't have room to make him a big part. But if there is a uh, part of the story that a bunch of different criminal organizations are going after whatever the MacGuffin is, mm-hmm. I'd be happy to see hit, uh, Boba Fett and a crew yeah. kind of bidding on the job or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, That's would cool. like that. That makes sense. Like a lot of different crews going around, not yeah. just these cloud riders or whatever we got. Yet. Yeah. Right. Mm. So now there is a good chance of seeing some other random bounty hunter just to fill out this world. So uh, if you guys could pick out any bounty hunter to pop up, is a cameo or a minor character, who would you want? <laughs> I mean, Dengar. <laughs> and I want Dengar just like he appeared in the Free- Freemaker Adventures where he's, you know, chomping on a turkey leg. Yeah. And just like, <laughs> just in the corner of some right. bar or something, you know, just maybe make a couple wisecracks, a few lines. That's all I need. All right. You want Lego Dengar. I want Lego, Lego Dengar. Dengar. That's all I want. Uh, understandable. How about you, Ken? Uh, I, I was thinking Dengar, too. There's just something about, especially after they kind of turned him into this, I'm Dengar here. Come around. Hey. Exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I Cad, I love Cad Bane, and I just want that character to show up. Mm. I don't think he's going to show up in a no. movie. I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, uh, but Ara Singh is still one that I really want to. But but Bosk is interesting. Ooh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And there's that connection with Chewie and the Trans Doshans with yeah. what, the Clone Wars stuff. So yeah, Bo- Bosk would be my choice. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be. I would be happy with any of them. Uh, Cad Bane. Uh, I love Embo, so it'd be great. Yeah. But I think Cad Bane would be this incredibly huge nod to uh, intense fans like us, yeah. who really like a major character from Clone Wars animated series, and just feel like the the possibility that those characters can appear, continue to appear. I think it would go a long way to just have him in the background. Mm-hmm. So that would be. 
Um, my vote, old yeah. Cad Bane. He's such a big character, big presence to it. Be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not a side character. He's a right. major character in the Clone Wars. Okay, we're heading towards wrapping up. So mm. I, uh, the main topic here. So I want to make sure that we've checked in on your Boba Fett feelings. <laughs> Jennifer, yeah. you said you were doing some self counseling. Yeah. How are you feeling about Boba Fett at this point? I'm feeling better. I'm really feeling better, guys. You've helped me overcome my just kind of ugh-ness just because I think that there's a lot of possibilities and I trust Larry Kasdan and John (laughs) Kasdan. I trust the story group. I trust all the filmmakers and creators that they're going to give us a good Boba Fett. Okay, that if Boba Fett shows up, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Just like Vader, you know, in Rogue One. That yeah. was a fist-pumping moment that I was like, I don't need to see it. Oh, but there I was cheering in the theater. Yeah. The same thing with Boba Fett. Okay, yeah, as long as they do do justice mm-hmm. to Boba Fett. Yeah. I am feeling like I actually start to, I'm starting to understand why I pulled off him a little bit, which okay. is the, going to this playground analogy. Growing up as a younger Star Wars fan and the mystery of Boba Fett there, and it isn't just a matter of my headcanon was different than what the answer was because the answers started being legends pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I just think of, I've now I'm like, Oh yeah, what I thought wasn't. And it unraveled. And then I just pulled off because the more I heard the Sherlock fed, all the stuff, the less I was interested in what I was hearing. And again, a lot of that's not canon now. Then yeah. the Clone War stuff is interesting. So that could get me back into a fully functional, fully formed Boba Fett character and get me back into the cult of Fett with that. Yeah. Because he still looks damn cool. He mm-hmm. does look damn cool. Yeah. And always I, will. I think there, yeah, there is a part of me that, that uh, being of the generation I am will always be like, Mourn the loss of the the man of mystery. He yep. used to just be this uh, suit that it, there's just a question mark inside. But I think there is an interesting character, yep. and I want them to fill out the Mando armor with who this character <laughs> is somewhere somehow. If that's a Netflix series, a book, a Viewmaster, I don't care how they tell the story. I want to hear the story of Boba Fett. All right, a couple more just light, fun questions to wrap up the main topic. What if it's just Slave One? What if that that space potato just is Slave One and it's floating in the background? Oh, my gosh. Is that just like, come on, why? Why? Then if, if then if that's the case, then it's like, well, you've gone, you've gone that far. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just show the guy. <laughs> you made a model of Slave One. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on. Exactly. Yeah, why not? All right. If you got to pick and one of these three characters was going to show up in Solo between Jabba, yes. Vader, who's also been rumored, or Boba Fett, who do you pick? Come on. <laughs> Jabba. Jabba. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and that makes sense because he is a, a known crime lord in the galaxy. Everyone knows Jabba. Yeah, right. You know, it's it's Jabba and a cakewalk for me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, okay, yes. so are you are you okay with it if it's a real winky nod thing of like Jabba shows up and Han's like, I hope I don't ever have to deal with that slug. I and don't the audience care. Is like, oh, but you're going to. Ha, ha, ha. I don't care. Well, there you're entering dangerous territory. <laughs> it's true. Yes, it's true. I'll it's take true. Whatever I can yeah. get. All right, I'd be happy with Jabba, but I'm going to go all in for Fett since we're Fett. talking about the cult Ooh. of Fett. I would love to see a Fett cameo similar arguments because yeah. I want Jabba to be like a main player because obviously mm. there is a relationship there. Ah, yeah. So that'd be great if there's a Lando movie and, you know, Jabba's all involved in that. Mm, true. I, I, I could dig that too. All right. Final, just fun, weirdo question like we like to do here on Force Center. If Boba Fett was real and you were going to hire him to do something, what would it be? Uh, look, I don't think I can legally answer this question. Because <laughs> I have a Jeez, list of really? things. You wow. have enemies he's going to take out. Yeah, wow. I, have, uh, I have a list. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I would have them track down the woman that bought my Kenner Star Wars figures in the 80s at a garage sale and return them to me. Oh, wow. wow. I think that's good. Yep. He shows up with that old uh, Darth Vader carrying case. Yep. Mission yep. Well, accomplished. It would, it would technically be a Transformers lunch box. Aww. A little crossover. Oh, man. Jennifer, do you have a, a Boba Fett assignment? He'd be my assistant. I'd have him go to the market, Trader Joe's for me, <laughs> go to Target, <laughs> get all those things done. And then, of course, you know, if I need a babysitter, he's there. I've got your three buck Chuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> Taking yeah. my daughter to the park, pushing her on the swing, you know. <laughs> no I one would an audition. No one would mess with Boba Fett, right? That's right. Good babysitter. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, of course, tempted by murder. As we all are, but uh, no, that's horrible, and I yep. won't do that. Uh, no. I was thinking yeah. along the same lines. I would have him uh, do social media for Force Center for a little while. <laughs> oh, <no>. Perfect. <laughs> Not that I don't enjoy doing uh, social media, Perfect. but it'd just be really funny to see how, how pithy he could be. Like, oh my god, here's your episode. Listen to it before you die. <laughs> just like really, really pithy, scary, mysterious oh tweets from Boba Fett. Maybe for a day, you should just pretend that you know Boba Fett is Manning. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> social media. You went with that version of Fett. I would also think I'm being like, here's your episode. Listen. <laughs> like, too. Good tweet, Dad. Good tweet, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that is our look at the cult of Boba Fett. We all land different places. He's a complicated character, and no one understands him but his fans. That <laughs> is right, and we love hearing from you guys. Reach out, hashtag Force Center. We'll tell you at the end of the show where our, uh, some of the other places are where you can find us and talk to us there and submit us other questions, which is why we're going into audience questions. That's right. We take them from Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and Merrick Jackson Jenkins has his question submitted to us on Facebook. Question for a future episode. Well, Merrick, that episode is today. Would you like title cards for each planet with Solo? I liked it with Rogue One, except it being missing from Mustafar. Also, do you think it will open with a crawl? So title cards uh, over planets and the crawl. Two little questions, one big debate here, Joseph. Yeah. What do we got? I vote no crawl. I like mm-hmm. that Rogue One established that, and I, I like keeping them for kind of the, the main series. And maybe as we go on, maybe these new trilogies, maybe they'll make sense there. But since we've already established with Rogue One, no crawl, uh, I'd be happy to see a different take on on how we're introduced to the story i love the titles we, we live in a golden age for cool titles mm. uh captain america's civil war has super great titles uh and I'm, i'd be fine with those um if they're necessary the only reason i wouldn't want them is if they're not if like we're right. really clear on it on on where we are <laughs> like i don't need it to be like tatooine again like we know just star yeah we yeah know. we know we know where we are but i suspect we will need them since we're going to new planets so yes. yeah i'd be happy mm. Mimban. Mimban indeed, Jennifer. Interesting. I like No Crawl. No Crawl. Keep keeping that separate for the saga films. Um, as far as title cards, I thought it worked really well with Rogue One because it fit with the style of that film. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it will fit with the style of the Han Solo. Maybe because it is more like a crime, a crime heist movie. So I could see how it would still fit with that. But I don't want them to always feel like they have to use the title cards. Yeah. We're going to learn all about those planets in the Visual Dictionary by Pablo Hidalgo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I, I, I still feel the story of Rogue One kind of needed a crawl, but I'm glad it's not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just painting the picture, and I like the cold opening so much, you don't want to lose it. 
So Solo, I kind of sense there's going to be, we're going to start younger than the story is and start way before the story, that the main story, this 10-year yeah. mark. I think we're going to go even a couple years more to see young Kira and young Han. So that might be a bit of a cold open too. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm going to put some bets on No Crawl, and I don't think we need one for Solo as much as I thought we needed one for Rogue One. And then the cards, the style, that's, it does fit in the Rogue One style, the look of the movie, right? Yeah. Right. But uh, I, I can see it happening again. I don't know why they feel. That sounds aggressive. When I, I don't know why they feel. <laughs> but with Rogue One, why did they feel the need to explain those planets versus the saga films, which you don't get? Crate. Yeah. Right. I yeah. don't know. That's why I thought it was like a stylistic choice, like you know, in yeah. Zero Dark Thirty, right. those kinds of films where it's like more like no, not documentary right. style, but like your, your mission kind of ticks out, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And the, yeah. the time frame, yeah, yeah. I think it really works. I think the establishing shot might be the one we already saw in the trailer very early on of the the shipyards, yes, uh, and then the little rat running over the yes. the cord, which is such a great mm. shot. That, that I think that's Han and Kira, like under rats under the shadow rats of the Empire. Yeah. You know, mm. I think you're right there. Thank you for that question, Merrick. Danny Jepson, reaching out on Twitter, says, Is Star Wars pigeonholing themselves by continuing the trilogy stories? What if we had the current story go into episode 10 just to let the plots have some breathing room and let more character development occur? I'm not complaining, just saying. Love you guys. Well, thanks, Danny. We love you, too. So, what do we think here? Do we want a 10? Do we think the story's going to have enough room? Where's your, where's your mind going, Joseph? Yeah, I think it's fascinating. I, I think I've seen other people discuss this, that this has been the way of big movies to break up their, big movie series to break up their finale into two acts. Oh, yeah. And there's something, like, uh, powerful about stars. Like, no, we do we do trilogies. So, like, mm. any other movie that had been successful like this would do what Harry Potter Hunger Games, Avengers, Infinity, whatever, mm-hmm. War, and then it's <laughs> the Infinity other. War, and then the, the the title of four is a spoiler. Yeah. So there's a part of me of like, yeah, I totally agree with, with Danny of like, these characters are so great. Let's break up the story and spend a little bit more time with them. But I think I'm just a little bit too tied to the trilogy and just a little bit too yeah. pedantic. Like, that is, that is the rhythm. It's a poetry. It rhymes. If it has an extra stanza, it'll be off. Yep, that, that's my answer right there. The rhythm. It just seems, it would seem different, Jennifer. It would seem different. I don't know how I would feel about it. Then it would almost become more like a TV series where you just are continuing mm. the story, but just in movie form, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's got to be a trilogy. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think the what we think will be the time jump to episode nine will kind of take away this idea that we don't have enough time to finish the story. You know, yeah. something will have happened that we'll eventually see or read and we'll figure that all out. And nine will be the nice conclusion. Right. Yeah. I, think, I hope yeah. we'll see. Thank you, Danny. Again, we love you. <laughs> we love you loving us on Patreon. We always like to take two questions from our patrons. And this one is from Nicole. Have any of the canon books or comics changed the way you view any of the events in the original trilogy due to the Claudia Gray books and a certain point of view, the Leia and Tarkin scene in New Hope, as well as the destruction of Alderaan have new meaning to me in a good way. This is a great question. I think at one yeah. point or another, we all have experienced something like this, Joseph. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think just uh, there, there are too many for me to even think about all of them because it's so reframed it. But the ones that jumped into my head is from a certain point of view, Yoda wanting to train Leia. Mm. And it, it, it making a lot of sense that Yoda would see her as the one who has this sense of duty and responsibility that makes sense as a Jedi. And Luke's a little bit more do-do-do-do-do staring off into the horizon. <laughs> That's fascinating to rewatch when Yoda says, like, no, there is another. And, like, yeah. under his breath, my preferred one. Yeah. <laughs> I already told you, Obi-Wan. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> and then Luke being torn between his responsibilities for the rebellion and figuring out how to be a Jedi. Like that uh, young yeah. adult novel, um, The okay. Weapon of a Jedi. That's He's supposed to be on another mission, but he senses a Jedi temple. It's like, I got to check it out. And I know there's stuff like that in the comics as well, where he's yeah. a little bit torn of like, yeah. they're saying you need me to just military fly over there and shoot some stuff, but also I need to go do this Jedi thing? Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer? What I love about, and I have not read as many as books as you guys have, but I do love how it does not, for me, it doesn't take away from the things that I loved about the original trilogy or the prequels. It just really kind of adds just fun little fun little details. And for me, I think of uh, Claudia Gray's Princess of Alderaan and how seeing the kind of this for- formal princess upbringing that she had, then watching Leia and A New Hope, hearing that British accent, yeah, you know, it just, yeah, it kind of yeah. just fills it in nicely. It's not that it made me necessarily change how I felt about it. But it was just like, Oh yeah, I can see it's all just beautiful writing that continues these stories and makes it all seem of the same world. Right. Yeah. Like Nicole is saying like so much with Leia, where you really get the sense of like, she was intimately involved in this government. Right. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I, I felt like there's a lot of stars is it because that's the one the most interwoven with the classic oh, stuff yeah. we know? Mm. But it doesn't, as much as I love the book, doesn't change my view of the movies. I'm not thinking, oh, thank Kyrell's right around the corner from there. I'm not. <laughs> um, just to think the way the book was presented. But from a certain point of view, does this a lot, which mm. might be the big victory for the book in the end. The Yoda one's a great moment. You know, the one that really connects me because I did watch New Hope recently was. Uh, Han's fav- you know, famous conversation, we're fine, we're fine here now. And then on the other side, we know the other part of that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I think about that. Uh, 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 our friend Matty Rue's story about the last seconds of Alderaan, oh. I now connect that deeply to to what I've seen on the screen. Right, yeah. So from a certain point of view, does it more than anything to me. There's some little moments along the way in the comics. The fact that we know Akbar was down there on uh, the Yavin 4 base getting the evacuation started as the Death Star <laughs> blew up, all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff is cool, but I, I think those are some of the bigger moments do come uh, from from a certain point of view. And that, yeah, the Yoda one might be the biggest one for me too. Yeah, you know, just there's some history there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is a great question. Talk Thank about that even more. Absolutely. Thank you, Nicole. Jeremy Shook says, when Luke gets his mechanical hand in Empire Strikes Back, the droid pricks his fingers. So we know he can feel it. Do you think after he lost his skin on that hand, uh, do you think he can still feel things? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> mm, a technical thing on robotic hands, Jennifer. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be something like where you have those phantom feelings? Phantom pains? Yeah, phantom yeah. pains. Maybe there's something similar to that. Mm. No, it's a great question. I'm not a uh, medical droid professional, Joseph, <laughs> but uh, I think it might be tied to the skin more than anything. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a two one B either. Yeah, uh, but uh, I feel like I don't know why I gravitate towards. I want it to be that the the, the synth skin is extra sensitive, but he can still yeah. feel things because I just kind of feel like. Uh, that that's a really weird sensation for our yeah. hero Luke Skywalker to live with all those years when he takes that lightsaber and he's like, I can feel it in this hand, but not the other. Yeah, I feel like uh, that the the sensation is not as uh, sharp, yeah, but that he can still feel things. I, I, I'm with you on that. I don't know why the synth the synthkin does. I'm like, I want that to have extra, you know, like an extra blanket <laughs> yeah. of feeling, an extra blanket of feeling. Yeah. yeah, so you can be. I think that's great because we know that droids feel pain, right? Uh, yeah. We see the little. Uh, Gonk droid getting his feet burned and he's green. We we know from many other sources that droids feel pain. I like that maybe the droids are like, a hand is good enough, but these humans are so sensitive. 
but yeah. coat it in this extra sensitive skin. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Jeremy, great question. You all got us thinking. Merrick, Danny, Nicole, and Jeremy, thank you so much for submitting your questions. Guys, if you have questions out there, there's places to follow and reach out, like Twitter at Force Center Pod, our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Our website is forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. We have new merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And tweet us pics of you in the merch, and we will reshare them. Podcast is available several spots, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Podomatic. And on Patreon, Joseph, we are doing some things with Star Wars movie commentaries. That is right. You can go to patreon.com slash center and check out our goals. Our next goal is to unlock commentary for The Last Jedi, and then after that, we have another goal to unlock all the rest of the movies, including The Clone Wars, right? Yeah. We'll do the Clone Wars movie, yeah, right? You know, I'm game. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? That'd be we'll great. do it. We can do it. Uh, and the way that it will work is we will make audio available exclusively to our patrons on Patreon. And then a little while down the line, we will uh, release a video of us doing the commentary. If you've ever wanted to see us sit on a couch and watch a movie, mm-hmm. you could make your dreams come true. Uh, we've got one up on YouTube of us doing the audio commentary. Watch along for The Phantom Menace, and it is a ton of fun. Uh, and another way you can help us if you don't want to go do Patreon for whatever reason, don't, can't, won't, whatever, totally understandable. Thank you for your support. It also helps us if you just subscribe on our YouTube channel mm-hmm. as we work to build that. Absolutely. We would appreciate that. It was a lot of fun doing Phantom Menace, and we have a lot more to say about the other movies in that Force Center way. So head on over there and check it out. Jennifer, thanks so much for your uh, being on uh, my side of the cult of Fett. No, (laughs) we're we're all in the same circle here, Fett, working through our feelings, but I I appreciate it. Tell them where they can uh, find your stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jennifer Landa. I have a new post coming out for StarWars.com. If you're interested in costume bounding for Solo, get ready. I think it'll be up next week, but I'll let you guys know for sure. Absolutely, wow. Joseph, the force of reason in our church here, <laughs> uh, the the voice of, of calm. I appreciate that. And uh, your insights always make me think about things a second time, which is good in a Star Wars fandom. Yeah. <laughs> and you got some stuff going on, including a great show I know if you're local. That is right. Thank you, uh, Jennifer and Ken, for also making me rethink things. Maybe I should question FET more. <laughs> I'll go and, and question my FET. Uh, but yes, so for, for promo stuff, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. This coming Friday, I have a show in Los Angeles in Burbank, technically called Game Night. It's a really fun comedy variety show. There's info on that on my website at josephscrimshaw.com under the live shows page. And as always, you can also go Go to my website to check out my podcast, Obsessed, and my comedy albums. They are great. They're hilarious. And if you're a local, I recommend going to Joseph's shows. They are special. He gathers a great group of people to entertain you. It's a fun Friday night. And speaking of being local, June 2nd, the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood. Joseph, myself, and Alex Damon of Star Wars Explained got a big live movie trivia schmodown, a number one contender match for the Star Wars uh, championship belt. Who will face Sam Witwer? I'm scared to death of you two, <laughs> but I'm going to get studying. studying I, uh, I'm in it to win it. Going to roll up my sleeve. 
Reeves. I've got to get those damn quotes down. You can go to full screen live, I believe. I'll get a proper link uh, later on there and buy tickets if you want to come out and see us on June 2nd. Follow me at Catnapsuck for uh, your social media needs, including Twitch. That is it this week, guys. Thank you for all the members of the Cult of Boba Fett. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.